The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, Jaylen. Andrew. Tell people what's going on in Leduc, will you? Okay. Um, there's been major problems, and we're getting lots of texts saying, hey, it's just right backed up. Yeah, well, it, it's been backed up for quite some time. So the northbound lanes of Highway 2, like right at 50th Street in Leduc, mm-hmm. well, they've been closed. Close to traffic, a semi-truck rolled, detached, slid off the road, um, and it was hauling tens of thousands of potatoes. 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 Yikes. Um, so they closed it. So the highway to northbound at 50th Avenue at the Leduc Overpass, so highway to at 50th Avenue, yep. that's okay. Leduc Overpass, has been closed as of 2 o'clock. There was another problem there earlier today because it was closed earlier today when I was driving to work. Um, it's being diverted to Highway 2A. Um, they expect the uh, highway to be closed for some time since the potatoes and the truck have to be cleared away. Um, they hope to reopen at least one lane of traffic soon. Okay. But that's what's going on. Don't go northbound Highway 2 to try to get out of Leduc today. And just got an update from the city on what they're doing. So we were talking earlier yeah. about uh, graders right. and Right. We, we and were, stuff you like had that. asked if I'd seen anybody uh, from the city working. I said I hadn't. That, of course, doesn't mean that they aren't mm-hmm. working. So the city says uh, that they applied salt at intersections uh, and on and off ramps overnight last night they're currently applying salt at intersections and plowing the major roads and that's mm-hmm. always the way they do mm-hmm. it they do the major arteries and then they work themselves towards uh you know the lesser roads at noon they started using the anti-icer oh. to dun, de-ice dun, dun. roads do you remember that and the anti-icer i'm sure we'll be hearing about that uh 70 pieces of equipment out on the road right now for the city plows graders trucks sidewalk plows and loaders and they're going to uh double up their shifts to prepare for the drive nice. home so, thank you, City of Edmonton. Appreciate that. Uh, that. And as always, asking you to uh, slow down, give yourself lots of room. This is interesting. Um, 240 accidents. Last year. At last this time. year. Yeah. On the first snow day yeah. last year, 240. So, and uh, the big cause there, following too closely. Well, that's so, what you're was, heading home. You know Keep what? That that's, in mind. Remember off the top of the show, I said it looked yeah. like one of those cars that went off the road in 23rd. Yeah couldn't stop in time at the red light and thought he was going to hit somebody so he pulled it off the road instead and of course hard to get out of the you know snow and and the ditch there's no uh, cancellations of flights at the airport yeah. but give yourself some time to get there right and if you're waiting for somebody to fly into Edmonton, you can assume they're going to take quite a amount of time to get from the airport to your house if you're not meeting them. Fly EIA. Google it for uh, updates uh, on that one. Here's uh, an interesting one as we as we touch mm-hmm. on uh, airlines. Uh, there was a fellow, a BC guy, who recently suffered a stroke. He's saying that he was absolutely humiliated and out more than a grand after WestJet kicked him off a flight to Cuba, stranded his family at the Toronto airport. So it was October 13th. He took a sleeping pill and um, apparently fell into a deep sleep. And when the um, airline attendant came around and said, no, you've got to be awake. And he fell asleep in his wife's lap. And Yeah, take a moment with that, because it was at that point in the article that I went, Oh, okay. Well, that's a really deep sleep. Because so, to, to fall asleep Yeah, like he's not just leaning over. Like, he's yeah. actually, his head is in her lap and he's sound asleep. And so, um, 
they asked him to wake up and the wife said she nudged him but uh, he didn't wake up and when he didn't she didn't worry about it too much but as it turns out they came back and said no you need to be awake he did eventually wake up but the airline the folks on the plane said "Uh uh-uh you're out of here because they were concerned about how awake he might be, the depth of his sleep, and uh, the fact that he took a sleeping pill. Right. And if something happened, what would happen to safety of the rest of the, the crew and the passengers? You know, if you stopped there, I would agree completely with WestJet's assessment of the situation mm-hmm. because uh, given that he was not just like sort of snoozing or didn't have his eyes closed, but he was sound asleep. and Had taken a sleeping pill right. that was prescribed to him. And by from their perspective, the flight crew, uh, they ask the wife yeah. you know, to wake him up, and she doesn't. So they don't know what's in her mind. They don't know that she's thinking, well, he's asleep. Let's mm-hmm. leave him alone, as often your wife would do. And that's right? what she said. She yeah. said, you know what? He I'm didn't not wake up. I'm just, I'm just going to yeah, leave him. Exactly. Uh, I can see where they would suggest that, okay, well, that's a problem. Because, you know, most yeah. of the emergencies on flights are during takeoff and landing. So you want everyone to be alert. So it's for his safety and the safety of other passengers that he not be that soundly asleep. As I say, if that's where the story ended. But now somebody who is sitting across Uh the aisle says, and this is a witness who doesn't have a dog in the race at all. Uh They just happen to be sitting across. She says, um, uh, after some nudging, his wife was able to wake him up and he was alert within a few minutes. But then the crew recruited a passenger who was a nurse to come down and assess Bennett is his name. And the nurse said, yeah, he's fine. Mm-hmm. So now you've but, got, he's wide awake and a nurse is on board, mm-hmm. thankfully, who says, yeah, he's fine. But the plane doesn't take off. So now paramedics arrive mm-hmm. with a wheelchair and they remove him from the plane. Now he's saying, look, I'm awake. It's fine. I understand. And they remove him from the plane with the flight attendant saying, you have to go. Uh, we couldn't wake you up. You're in a medical emergency and it's for the safety of all passengers. So he feels humiliated. But at this point, again, they have to inform him or, you know, why they're removing him from the flight. So the two paramedics take him off, um, check his vitals. These are two paramedics now Uh with equipment. And they determine before the flight has left, he's fit. He's fit to travel. And they report that to the crew and say, look, we've examined him. He's fit to travel. He also called one of his doctors and got got the doctor to send an email. Flight has still not left yet, confirming, yes, he's fit to fly, but the crew's not having any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're not allowing him back on. Now they tell him he would be put on another flight. And, you know, <laughs> that, okay, so he's going to be put on, so they say, listen, we're not going to let you back on board. We'll go to customer care. They'll take care of you. You'll be put on another flight. So what choice do you have? You can't, you know. It was seven days later. That's the flight they offered him because these things are on a loop, right? They're that's like, right. you know, so it'll be seven days. Now he's got he didn't book a package. He booked flight, mm-hmm. and then he booked an all-inclusive, mm-hmm. not together. The hotel's not refunding anything here, so now he's just going to lose the hotel. Like, he doesn't have a reservation for seven days from now. Yeah. So he goes to Air Canada, and Air Canada accommodates him two days later. So he loses two days of his vacation. Yeah. The hotel doesn't refund him, but they do hold the reservation. Um and he's out, what, an additional $1,600, I think he mm-hmm. said, plus $400 for a hotel room for a couple of nights while he waited to yeah. to take the flight. And he's saying, 
But here's the thing, WestJet. Oh, completely standing by. They're by doubling the down. Yes. Like it's it's rare, honestly. Yep. You see a lot of these stories with WestJet. You don't tend to, but but they're doubling down. They're saying nope. On both things, they say um, when a crew suspects a passenger is unfit to fly, it must make a decision in the name of safety for all those involved in the flight. The decisions are not taken lightly, mm-hmm. made for the safety of the guest in question, the guests on the aircraft and crews. And we stand by our crew's decision and believe that what we had offered to this guest is reasonable under the circumstances. And that would include, I would assume, the fact that they're saying, uh, one, that it was a safety yeah. risk, and I understand that. Two, that we can't create a flight to Cuba. Our next flight is in a week. Yeah. So they're saying, under the circumstances, yeah. what else could we offer them but our next flight, which is in a week? But because airlines no longer cooperate with each other, which as a young man, they used to do all the time. If mm-hmm. one flight wasn't able to accommodate you, they would phone the other airline. It still happens occasionally, but it's rare. Now, I I know that in, I have been told and I have been seated in these seats in an emergency row during takeoff, you have to be awake for takeoff and landing so much so that I was flying home from Boston once and I started to fall asleep and she said, you have to be awake for this. And if you're not, we're going to have to move you. But that was in the emergency row. See, and I was going to ask you about that because here's the thing. And and I'm sure there's a document somewhere that details what the emergency Mm -hmm. uh, procedures are, but... I have told you, unrelated to a story like this, I fall asleep before we push back. Most days, yeah. And I do Most it all times, the time. Yeah. I do it on our listener trips. Yeah. I do it on family vacations. I do it on short-haul flights to Calgary. For whatever reason, just the... Something about a plane puts me to sleep There's something about a plane that puts me to sleep. That think, and vacuum cleaners. I think the difference here is is the fact that they thought that he was so out of it because right. of the pill, right? That they would have difficulty. If something happened, would he be able to be alert enough to get him off the plane safety? Would we have to right. you know, use resources to move him? That sort of thing. I think it, you're right. I, I think, think it was compounded it was. by the fact that, that they instructed the wife to wake him up didn't. and she didn't do it, leaving the crew with the impression that he's hard to wake up. Yes. And if it yeah. takes five or ten minutes to wake him up, yeah. you don't have five or ten yeah. minutes if we have to evacuate yes. the plane. Yes. So I, I do think, see where they're yes. coming from. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a tough one. I certainly stay awake. If I'm in an emergency row, I'll, I'll st- I stay awake because they pretty much tell you. Now, that's been my experience. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's days that um, I don't remember taking off because I'm sound asleep. See, it feels like, and again, I say this, you know, if this were United Airlines or one of the Delta, mm-hmm. you know, any of the American Airlines, you'd say, oh, they're too rough on their passengers. They don't care. They don't listen. You don't tend to hear that about Canadian Airlines. My question is... I understand the impression that they probably had that it was hard to wake him up and they didn't have that amount of time in an emergency. But did they not ask? When they said that, I mean, did they tell the passenger, look, it took five minutes to wake you up, at which point the wife could have said, oh, that's because I didn't try. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're reasonable people here. But it it always feels to me like when when a crew makes a decision, it's done. Well. What about, you know, paramedics? Doctor, well, he's, nurse, well, everyone says he's fit to fly. Well, but here's the thing. Yeah, he is because he's now been awake for 10 minutes. Right. If you've taken a sedative. And he and said, he told them And he told them straight sedative. out, right? right? And it can be pretty tricky. It, it yep. can be pretty groggly. We call them the, the grogglies coming out of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it can be tough to climb out of that, right? But you know what? And I don't want to, you know, it's just an interesting one because I'm not sure what's right here. I guess my question is this. If you're going to call in paramedics, he didn't call them in, they did. Mm -hmm. If you're going to call in paramedics, my assumption would be that you're calling them in because you're going to rely on their diagnosis. If they diagnose that he's fit to fly, why is he still not on the plane? Yeah. 
Like, what yeah. was the point then of calling yeah. in the paramedics? I'm not sure I would have called another passenger who was a nurse. I think that's putting that uh, passenger um, in, a, in, a, yeah. in a tricky position. But you're right. If you're calling in paramedics to get that decision made and they say yes or no, then I think you go with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's the error. Honestly, I do see I where WestJet's coming from. Absolutely. absolutely. I think they were being abundantly cautious yes. based on what they saw. But at the end of it all, if your paramedics that you've called in say he's good to go and the flight is still yeah, there. Because what could they have said that would have changed their mind then? If fit to fly isn't enough, what could they have said? Uh, well... I guess maybe they think maybe he's going to fall back into that deep sedated sleep again. Maybe, but I think I think the crew was probably hoping that the paramedics would I say he's so. not fit to fly, and then they could say it's not our problem, the paramedics. Oh, right. Uh, What's that word? Conspiracy theorists. Not conspiracy theorists. You're just so mm, paranoid. Pa- uh, Suspicious. Suspicious might be the right word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Hey, uh, speaking of uh, places where you should be suspicious and paranoid, uh, you know, did you know this? Here's an interesting stat that cloning of uh, credit cards is on the decline. In fact, um, whatever department looks at this sort of thing says it's rare now, in fact, in Canada at least, that cards get well, cloned. that's good because for a while it was quite bad. It was, uh, but with the introduction of, um, you know, the tap and the chip and mm. the uh, PIN number, that that's uh, all but been eliminated. Uh, however, the RCMP <laughs> are investigating a case where $100,000 uh, was taken from a credit card holder uh, in a cloning scam. And apparently it took several months because it was a company credit card uh, for the company to discover that they were out the $100,000. And if you look at your uh, agreement with uh, whatever credit card, it tells you that if you have a fraudulent charge, you have a certain period of time. And typically it is in the billing month. So you have a month from the time that your you bill comes out. You mention that it was the Mounties? I did not ah, yet. sorry! Yeah, that, that's why they're Oh, sorry, on the buddy. case because it's the RCMP. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's okay, Morley. It's the... Uh, <laughs> sorry. The RCMP oh. apparently have fleet cards. Oh, which you're missing the point. I know, I know. Um, and one of their cards got cloned, and so it would have been a Mountie using the card, and somebody yeah. in his presence was able to clone the information off the card, and they didn't discover it. So how they finally discovered mm. it was... Because as you can well imagine, the card probably goes with the car and not the Mountie. Yeah. So different people are using the card. Nobody noticed. Um, there was no algorithm to suggest that there was too much being charged to the card until an internal audit noticed it. And so now they know. Mm. They've gone to the credit card company, but because they didn't claim within the period of time, they're not going to be able to recover no. most of it. They think uh, they're unlikely to recover about $80,000. $80 yeah. yeah. And this, by the way, came to light because um, there's a report that uh, comes out for... Um, <laughs> Uh, there's an audit that comes out for the members of parliament about an audit Crown. on the audits. Yeah, exactly. And they have to state when they've lost money yeah. through fraud. And so they did. Uh, RCMP say they have su- suspects, but they have yet to file a charge. So we'll have to see how that works My out. My stepmom had her card. They believe it was cloned. Um, so what is that skimmer? They get the information from the thing. Yeah. They make it all up. They yeah. have it from the Ottawa airport, from a from really? a spot in the Ottawa airport. 
Not sure one of the little places there that there was a skimmer on there got all the information. And um, by the time she landed back in Thunder Bay, her and it was her bank card. It wasn't a credit card. It was her bank card. Really? Was uh, chalked up to the tune of about $11,000. Well, it's weird, right? Like, uh, I can for see... For coats. Yeah, I know. For coats? For coats. I, I can... Oh, fur coats. Or four coats. Sorry, someone bought fur, furry coats oh, okay. with them. Yeah, with the and money. I, I almost hesitate to say the name of the company because I know they're a great company, and so, you know, so I won't. I'll just say this: it's amazing. Like if it's a kiosk or something, and you go, okay, you know, I bet you that was yeah. why they popped up that kiosk. But my wife's card got cloned at a national grocery store mm. chain. Mm. One that we go to yeah. all mm-hmm. the time, but that's where it got cloned. And they, the bank knew it. Like, the bank identified. Yeah. They got hold of us saying, hey, your car's been cloned. There's been an illegal charge. Like, we didn't find it. Do you remember a couple of years ago, there was a whole string of it uh, out at one of the gas stations in Hinton. That's right. Remember that one? Yep. And do you remember there was a story a while back about Toronto cab drivers, yeah. that there was a conspiracy among a bunch of organized criminals who were uh, cloning the cards in the cars. Yeah. And But these are... You know, Good well-known news, it's companies. On the decline. It's on the decline. Still, be vigilant. Always. Right. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.